Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Welcome to another edition of Jack Daniels Presents Billy, Raul, and La Musica as we are kicking into our third season. Billy, how are you doing? How's season three treating you so far? It's treating me so well. We started with Setangana, who is one of my favorite new artists. And now we're moving on to a really cool LA-based band called The Marias. And for me, they're kind of like the epitome of coolness. Yeah, that describes Maria and Josh from The Marias for sure. Absolutely. And you, being from Puerto Rico, have the kind of connection with Maria. And Josh, being from L.A., being a native, kind of like me, we have that connection. So there's a little bit of that kind of parallel. It's the Marias as opposed to Las Marias. It's Billy Raul and La Musica. You know, so we're, we're kind of like on that same vibe. But yeah, this is definitely one of those artists that we knew were going to be huge and just become something really, really big. And in this episode, we obviously talk about how they connected. Obviously, the new record, which is fantastic. You definitely want to check out cinema. And, you know, even fun things like talking about Cantors and the Kibitz Room. Yeah, and we also talk about their creative process and, you know, who's good at what and who is challenged by who, which I think is always really cool when we're talking about dynamics within bands so check out this left of center alt pop band based out of la here is the marias on jack daniels presenta pili raul and la musica So we're excited because three is our magic number. We basically are getting into our third season, our third year of Jack Daniels presents Billy, Raul, and La Musica. And three years ago when we kind of started, we started this wish list of artists that we really wanted to interview. And back then, really just kind of on the come up was this band that we're going to get into right now. And our third try is a charm because we've attempted this interview a couple times prior but third time's a charm so three seems to be our magic number and we welcome the marias to pili raul and la musica yes. welcome guys thank you so much thank you so much for having us we only we only do it on the third time we get it we get it it's a, it's a magic number that's my favorite number so i'm like three it's gonna work it's gonna work on three. so welcome josh welcome maria thank, thank you. you thanks for having us Maria, you're Puerto Rican, just like me, Boricua. You were raised in Atlanta, and Josh, you're a L.A. native. And you guys met at a gig where, Josh, you were managing the sound, right? I was, yes. How was your sound different before you guys met? And then how did both of your individual sounds kind of change once you started collaborating with each other? Um, before we met, I was definitely more into, like, psych rock and... Um, like loud guitars and heavy hitting drums and, um, you know, that type of stuff. And then I met Maria and she just chilled me out. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> bring it back a bit, um, like relax a bit. Uh, and for me, that's, I think, how much how, how I changed. And 
I don't know. Yeah, I I think I was the opposite. I was very chill and Josh just kind of like put some more tempo in, into the songs that we were writing together. Um, one of the first songs that we collaborated on was Ruthless, which is on Super Clean Volume 2. And that song, I had written it just very chill and like acoustic guitar. And he was like, no, no, no. Like, we need to add tempo to this. We need to, you know, make it a dance song. And I was like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, so so at first, you know, our our collaborative experience was sort of like meeting in the middle. But then we found this really nice pocket where both of us felt really comfortable in uh, me with a little bit more tempo and Josh with a little bit more chill. <laughs> wow. Maria was bringing in kind of like the island vibe. Yeah. Right? And Josh was bringing, bringing in the city vibe. And now you guys yes. meshed it together perfectly. And that's how you exactly. became the Maria. Exactly. And found your own sound. Yep. Love it. <laughs> well, well, then we then we fast forward to like about four or five years ago and a demo version of I Don't Know You starts floating around and mm -hmm. our good friend Chris Doritas over at KCRW uh, starts playing it. And he also passes it on to me and he says, so, you got to check out this band, The Marias. And as soon as I heard it immediately, I started playing it as well. But Thank just you. describe that feeling when just a demo mix of a song floats out and that ends up being on the radio. I remember it like it was yesterday that I was working at a restaurant in Santa Monica and I got off at like 1 a.m. and just exhausted. And I get a call from Josh saying that I don't know you is on the radio. And I didn't care that it was 1 a.m. on the radio. <laughs> I just cared that it was on the radio. And it was just the best feeling that this demo, that it was just a demo, like you said, that we made in GarageBand, that it was playing on on the radio, it it felt so good. After working all night, I was like, okay, life is moving in the right direction. <laughs> For me, I was more worried that it was still a demo, and I was like, well, I guess I was I was kind of in denial that there was that there was time to to fix any mixes, and uh, I was like, no, we could still do it. We could still change a couple <laughs> things, and like then it just kind of got bigger and bigger, and I was like, okay. I see where this is going. <laughs> I've been at countless panels and discussions at different conferences. And that's one thing I tell like a young and up and coming artist is like, make sure your song is finished. It's ready to go. And it's, you know, it sounds on point and you guys mixed it beautifully. And this kind of is the opposite of what I've talked to for years <laughs> and decades. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But that goes to show how great it sounded. Yeah, I think it just... I think with this song in particular, it just sounded better as like this demo, you know, because we did after it was still playing on the radio, we did, you know, go into the studio and re-record vocals and like tried adding some stuff, but it just didn't retain the same essence as the demo. You and were trying to fix it when there was nothing to be exactly. fixed. Exactly. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> uh, there was a lot to be fixed in my, in my opinion, <laughs> but... Well, we yeah. loved it. We loved it. We loved it then. We still love it now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, your your partnership kind of began writing songs for TV and, mm -hmm. and movies and film, cinema. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yet it never really happened. But mm -hmm. what prompted you guys to release them anyway? And were there any expectations around the release? 
Well, we had worked really hard on all the songs that we had written for these TV and film pitches, and we both liked them. You know, maybe they didn't work in the particular, you know, scene that that the music supervisor needed them for. But, uh, you know, from our perspective, they were great songs that we had worked really hard on, and they were really special. So we were like, you know, we we have to release these and and see what happens. And there's a confidence to that, too. Did you always feel that confident? No. I mean, early on, it's... <laughs> Josh is like, I still don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. No, for sure. But I think early on, because we didn't have anybody listening to our music, nobody knew who we were. I mean, yeah, even no with... No pressure. Even with I Don't Know You and it was playing on KCRW, you know, people said that they were trying to look us up online and we didn't have any social media at the time. Like, it was just, it was just a band name and some songs. And, you know, so it was no pressure, no expectations. We didn't, definitely didn't expect for a lot of people to be listening to those songs. We just personally liked them and had worked hard. So we wanted to to go through the exercise of putting them out into the world. Right. Well, and just to be like, okay, it was worth something, mm-hmm. you know, we're not just going to keep them for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, w- it would have felt like a huge waste <laughs> for if sure. we hadn't right. done anything. Right. Of time and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, the, there's a bunch of venues and places where people can kind of grow into themselves and develop this kind of artistic confidence as well. And meeting at the legendary deli at Cantor's yeah. at the Kibitz room, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, it, for those who've never been to, to that little intimate room, just describe it real quick. Think of a dive bar um, in any city in America and now give it some history <laughs> and put a six inch stage in there. Um, <laughs> might as well be six inch by six inch. Right. Um, Teeny tiny. Very small. Um, sort of like well, you walk in and you automatically feel like everyone there is a, as local, a usual. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's got charm for sure. It's got a distinct smell too. Like I know the kibitz room smell. You go in there once and you're like, oh, is this? The ki-? You'll go somewhere else. And like like is this the kibitz room? Yeah. And yeah. legendary artists have hung out there having a, a beer or a bowl of matzo soup. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've run into Beck there, uh, different mm-hmm. house producers, Rodney Bingenheimer of K Rock, who's uh, of course everybody kind of credits him as the mayor of the Sunset Strip kind of thing. But mm-hmm. I bring it up. Because when you think of L.A. and uh, tons of these like little iconic and relatively intimate venues, your sound definitely lends itself to that. And being from Puerto Rico, living in Atlanta, you know, and now in L.A., what does the L.A. vibe bring to the sound of the Marias? Josh. In one word, it's Josh because he was born and raised here in L.A. And he's been playing in the music scene with Jesse, who's the guitarist in the band since they were 12 or 13. You know, so so they're like, yeah, they a, definitely bring in the L.A. L.A. vibe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to kind of say for us, for, for me at least, because, I mean, I'm born and raised in L.A. and I, I've, I've lived here my whole life. So I don't really much know. <laughs> I don't really know much about like what's what it would sound like, you know, if if I wasn't from L.A. <laughs> I would imagine it would sound pretty similar because I think, you know, it's it's um, it's just a personal like a personal trait, I guess, that's mm-hmm. in the music. But um, it definitely has some input. I mean, I definitely learned a lot more on in about like the music industry, I feel like just from living here, just from friends and parents of friends being, you know, 
just like being in it. It's like in the industry. In the industry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something in the air, right? You, you, yeah. you can easily grab stuff from it. You, it, it oozes, and that's what that's mm-hmm. the beauty of LA and the the yeah. music industry and just the the meshing of all these cultures and sounds mm-hmm. and ideas. So it makes sense that you guys meld it so well together. And we're so happy that that you guys included some Spanish songs in the album too. Had to, you know, like the fact that you guys are a bilingual band now, Josh. Even though you don't, you know, you're not. <laughs> Fluent yet in Spanish, yeah. but did you always feel the liberty to add Spanish to the project? It was in the project from day one, and it was part of like my songwriting process from day one. So the sur- first song that I had ever written in my life was in Spanish, and then the second one was in English, and it just sort of unfolded from there because you know being raised fully bilingual and bicultural. Um, is just part of who I am. And so having songs in both languages is just, it just comes naturally and, and I wouldn't have it any other way because it's it's just me. Well, and I love too the fact that you guys are, you know, even though you describe your music as psychedelic soul pop, mm-hmm. there's songs like Un Millón that I can hear the dembo. You know, <laughs> exactly. there's like a reggaeton <laughs> vibe to it for sure. And then in cinema, your your debut album, I can hear so much influence mm-hmm. too. You know, there's like a little bit of everything in there. But I'm glad you guys are exploring with those Spanish sounds. Was that mm-hmm. challenging for you, Josh? Not really. Um, I mean, it was challenging to... I feel like really tap into it in general because um, it was very new for me uh, as far as like... Why? You didn't grow up listening to Daddy Yankee? <laughs> <laughs> I did not, no. Um, I've introduced him to all the reggaetoneros. <laughs> yeah, she has. Nice. And Any favorites? I mean, I gotta, I gotta say Bad Bunny at the moment. Um, I think that was the first one that really like opened my eyes to reggaeton. Um, And Don Omar. Mm-hmm. I love Don Very Omar. Very cool. Don Omar is one of my favorites. Um, but it, yeah, it was challenging to do it in general just because it was so new to me. But um, And I think that it'll always be challenging. I mean, if we're going to go there, it's kind of challenging to really make anything. <laughs> but especially something that you're very unfamiliar with is... Uh, right. It was fun. It was it was a fun. That's challenge. cool. Like like you're willing to explore that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, the first song we wrote together, like together together, was "De Hete Yevar," which is on uh, volume, volume one. And I had like kind of had this verse melody idea and like a chord progression, and it was very like, you know, it's very like indie rock type of vibe. Um, and it wasn't until Maria and I started working on it, I was like, "What if it was in Spanish?" Or maybe she <laughs> said that. But either way, I was like, yes, like <laughs> that is a cool idea. And from then on, I was like, yeah, this is this is a vibe for sure. All right. Well, well, let's make it more challenging than right now. We'll do the rest of the interview completely in Spanish. Is that cool? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is all like, nope, I'm out. I'm out. Checking out. <laughs> no, you see, you know, I love seeing you guys because, and every time I've seen you guys, there's always smiles and it's like you guys are oozing sunshine, you know, and I often say that we play to the sunshine when we're on the radio or DJing or whatever, you know, but at the same time, I do hear those influences like you were talking about, like, you know, the the more kind of R&B, you know, of Alicia Keys, D'Angelo, but there's also kind of that dark, mysterious, you know, sound of like Radiohead. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure these artists have molded your sound. 
And in the current state of things, are there artists that you're kind of taking cues from these days or seeing kind of the direction of the vibe that's kind of influencing you guys? Besides Bad Bunny. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I like to say, you know, like taking a look at like what we've covered, the covers that we've done in the Mm -hmm. past. So we've, you know, covered Radiohead. We've covered Bad Bunny. We've covered Britney Spears, Billie Holiday, Tom Waits, you know, Elliot Smith, Ink Spots. You know, so it's like all of those are so different. Um, But that's... Like, but all of them are still our influences. You know, we're influenced by Radiohead, but we're also influenced by Britney Spears and Bad Bunny. So I think you can hear all of those influences on cinema for sure and continue hearing like very eclectic, you know, set of influences going forward too. Maria, you've said that you're not very good at writing harmony. (laughs) (laughs) But, and I feel like, Humility is such a beautiful thing, and it's such a great characteristic, especially when you're in a band, to know what mm-hmm. your strengths and your yes. weaknesses are. <clears throat> how do you, how do you all like benefit from being that sincere with each other? Because I think our strengths and weaknesses like are kind of karmic and complement each other in a way. So yes, I am not good. I can find the octave in anything, but like finding, you know, the third or like the harmonies in between, I definitely struggle with um, at times, unless I have a little edible or something. But <laughs> but Josh, you know, comes in and like, he's amazing at finding like great harmonies. And like my strengths are more, you know, melody and lyrics and kind of, you know, I guess like, overall feel um, along with Josh. I mean, he's good at everything, but um, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say everything. <laughs> everything, everything, top to bottom, beginning to end. And, and yeah, speaking, you know, in, in, in on, on cinema, the song Un Millon, totally in Spanish, like we said. Um, and yeah, it's got this very cool groove, but, and speaking of the writing, what are some of the memories from like Puerto Rico or how did this help mold that song? Well, when we agreed, you know, that, okay, we, we want to make a reggaeton-inspired Maria song, like, what would that sound like? I knew that that it had to be, like, a love song for Puerto Rico, and because I grew up, you know, listening to a lot of reggaeton in Puerto Rico. So a couple of the cities that I call out in Un Millón, so one of them is Luquillo, which is a beach in in Puerto Rico that my family and I would go to all the time. It was close to where we lived and like it would be this whole family event. You know, we'd like make the sandwiches and the coolers go and have limber de coco or helado de parcha, you know. So it was like this whole event and a lot of Did fun. Did you go to the kiosks afterwards? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we would always... For some ex- My mom literally would stop at every single one. She wanted chicharrones. Like I didn't, you know. I, I don't eat a lot of pork, but she would stop at every single one. Alcapurria, like even like the watermelon stands, like she would just stop at every single one. <laughs> and a lot of fond memories in Puerto Rico with my family. And so I knew that Un Millón had to pay tribute to, to my love for Puerto Rico. Mm. Well, I, I got to go. I got to go because you, all that I stuff know, sounded fantastic. All that stuff sounded fantastic. I don't know what any of that is. And I'm Mexican, oh you know, God. so I'm like, okay, I can understand a little bit of like, okay, chicharron, I get it. You know, there's a couple yeah, of awas yeah. and stuff. I, I understand that, but it sounds so good. Uh, it's We're going um, to Puerto Rico on Saturday to see my family, finally, like post-pandemic. And like, I just, the only thing though, is that Josh has that weird gene where he can't eat cilantro. 
<laughs> so, and everything in Puerto Rico is made with cilantro. Everything, the base of everything, you know, wow. el, el sofrito has cilantro. Yeah. You know, everything. Oh, man. So he's going to have a hard time, but I'm so excited. Shout out to all no. my, all my, all my uh, non-cilantro eaters. <laughs> Unite. We get Unite. It. Nancy You're going to have a blast unite. no matter what. So, yes. Raul, and for those listeners who haven't been to Puerto Rico, Luquillo is on the east side of the island, and it's close to Fajardo, where my family is from. Oh. And they're they're known for this strip full of little kiosks. Ah, okay. And it they all have, they all sell really unhealthy, fried, <laughs> goodness, delicious Tripleta. Stuff. Yes, it's so good. It's so good. And then the beach is right behind it. And this is your first time back since pandemic yes oh wow yeah my dad my dad actually lives in Vieques so yeah you guys should shoot a video there I know I know one day with all those wild horses one day for sure so you know cinema is your debut album congratulations it's really such a beautiful piece of artwork from beginning to end I love that the very first song that intro is just kind of like takes you into the journey, starts the journey for you. And it was kind of unexpected, too, because it's just melodic. Mm -hmm. Very beautiful. Thank you. Whose idea was that, by the way? It was mine. (laughs) Mm. Good one. Good one. (laughs) Thank you. What surprised you guys the most about this new album? I guess how epic the production was for me. It's kind of like one of those things, like I was in it, and I wasn't really like, I I couldn't take myself out and like look at it as a whole. And like each one, I was like, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. And then like once the album was done, even after it was done, I was just like listening to it. And I was like, this is, damn, I didn't have to go that hard. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I did. And I'm glad I did. Um, but it's definitely something I will, you know, keep in mind for next time, you know, to mm. keep, look at the bigger picture too. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way it turned out. And I think it, it fits with, you know, it's very cinematic for sure, yeah. I think. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The, the label yeah. definitely uh, speaks the truth there. <laughs> and it, it, it's it, it's crazy that you say that, that you were like in it and it's kind of tough to see that bigger picture kind of in an unbiased way, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you do it that way. Was that an issue like at all thinking like, okay, um, is this good? Is this final? Is this the way it's supposed to be? Yeah. Literally every every step of the way from start to finish like nonstop voices in our head, like just full of doubt and second guessing everything. And it was it was really difficult because, you know, we had the pressure of, okay, this is our debut album. You know, we also had the pressure of having a bigger team, you know, around us that, you know, was helping to support us. Whereas in the past, you know, it was just Josh and I who chose the songs and we were like, all right, let's just put it out on DistroKid and kind of see what happens, you know. But now with like a bigger team, there's definitely a lot more uh, pressure to, you know, to want to let them shine a little bit too, you know. So And and having fans too. Yeah. Because we didn't, you know, we were, fans wasn't a thing, especially for volume one. It was just, you know, very us two locked away in, in a mm-hmm. in, in a room and then it was your friends and family yeah friends <laughs> and family yeah um yeah I mean I think we had to remind ourselves not to think about you know like the fans and like the people that are going to listen to it and to mm-hmm. try and just like do us um but it's 
pretty impossible to not think about it at least once, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it definitely crosses your mind, and then you start second-guessing, like, oh, well, this isn't, like, volume one, so maybe they're not going to like it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it definitely took a lot yeah. to, like, get over that. And I don't well, know shout out fully... to Gil Gastelum, you know, because that <laughs> guy, you know, he, he has the ear and mm-hmm. I was bugging. I've been bugging him for years, you know, or like as soon as I knew that you guys were working on an album, it's like, let me just hear it. Let me just hear it. He was so tight lipped about it. He goes like, Aww. you'll hear it and you're going to love it. Like straight up, you know, for somebody to say that understanding, you know, th- those are pretty heavy words. You know, <laughs> it's like because we get bombarded with music, both Billy and I, you know, with different radio shows and TV and whatnot. For somebody like Gil to say, like, you're absolutely going to love this record, that's pretty heavy duty. And sure enough, man, the guy speaks the truth. And as soon as we heard it from beginning to end, it's like, yeah. And and it's crazy because it is kind of this from beginning to end concept album that Mm -hmm. it does have these cinematic themes and it does have these dark and, you know, and then the uplifting and all these different dynamics but you hear it all come through. So that's why it kind of surprises me that, that being like just in it, in it, in it, and not like kind of stepping back and saying, okay, how is this coming together as, as a whole piece? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your life has changed so much in such a short amount of time. Your followers and your fans, first of all, they're both from the U.S. Hispanic world because I have friends that are like, what? Oh my God, you're going to interview the Marias. <laughs> que, que cool. And then I have my friends from like Silver Lake like ha- who have no clue how to speak Spanish <laughs> who love the Marias as well. So it's great that you're tapping into both of these worlds. Mm-hmm. And it's opening up so many doors, but your life is completely changing. I mean, you guys have, your fans are hardcore. Die hard. (laughs) Yeah. Like what's your, is there fear around this? How are you handling this new life? So much fear. (laughs) No, I think. (laughs) Understandably so. I can see how scared you look. I can see it. (laughs) I think it's just, you know, understanding that. This is just kind of one thing that we do. It's not the only thing that we do. It's just like one thing that we do. Just like, you know, there are doctors and teachers and like, you know, it's just one thing that we do. And one and a part of that is having, you know, people who, you know, potentially look up to you. So in that sense, it is a little scary that people look up to you because then you don't want to let them down. You don't want to mm-hmm. make a mm-hmm. mistake, you know, Um but I think it's just remembering that's just one thing that we do and it might not last forever. So just kind of live in the moment and just like cherish everything that is coming our way for sure. Yeah, it would, mm-hmm. it would be a lot harder if we were doing this like separately or alone. I think having having Maria mm-hmm. and like I think hopefully having me <laughs> makes it a little <laughs> yes. easier to like talk it through and like not have to go through this alone. Yeah. Um, because that would be that would be yeah. traumatizing. Like the pressure then is like it's kind of like diluted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's not like a, you know, spotlight on anybody. But um, it also helps that we have just like amazing support system. Like our friends and our family are like just amazing and so supportive. And we have really sweet fans, you know, who are, you know, love cinema, even though it's very different from volume one and volume two and Mm -hmm. understanding, you know, that that's kind of, if you are a fan of the Maria's, that's just kind of something that you're going to have to deal with because the next project is probably going to sound so much different than cinema. You know, we get bored very easily. So we want each, you know, each project to be its own thing and to sound different. So um, we have really sweet fans that I think 
are understanding that. <laughs> and that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. You know, keep us guessing. Yeah. Totally. And you guys bounce so well off of each other and the other members of the band. Uh, how much input have you guys allowed the other bandmates to join into what's the future yeah. of the Marias? So they... They bring in like their own like amazing flair when we play these songs live, which we've started rehearsing this week and in prior weeks as well. And it just comes alive, like comes alive in the live version. Um, What can we expect to see in the live version? I don't. I don't know. You have to see it, <laughs> but but it changes. You know, it changes so much when when they get involved with with the live portion that so much that we're like we should do like a live album. Um, because it just, it does sound different, but in a good way. And that's really where like Eddie and Jesse shine and like bring these songs to life is when we play them live. Definitely. Oh, that'd be so cool to do a live album. Yeah. (laughs) You guys would be great. And I mean, your tour for 2022 is insane. You guys are playing like (laughs) every day for like four months. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's going to be so cool though. We're so excited for you guys. Congratulations on cinema. It's truly amazing. Thank you so much. And and thank you for your time here on Pilita en la Musica. One last question is if you had the chance to do something and like make it count, something that you haven't done yet, what would it be? I would love to at some point in my life direct a movie. Ooh. Well, you already you directed your newest video. Yeah, we co-directed. Yeah, yeah. I've I've co-directed uh like most of our music videos. Um but I think a full, you know, hour and a half movie is a whole different ball game that I am so down for at some point in my life. <laughs> I can totally see like a Sofia Coppola vibe, you know. Yes. I mean, you know what's funny her. is because I was just uh, listening to the Virgin Suicide soundtrack mm-hmm. and hearing the music, hearing your vibe, I can totally see that happening. Wow, that yes. would be that would be super cool. Yeah. That's such a good movie too. I love her. And Josh? I'd love to score that movie <laughs> and then just like and then just casually do a backflip after that. I, I don't know. <laughs> love it all right thank you guys so much we love you here at Pilita en la Musica Raul plays you on his radio station and I play you guys as well thank you so on much. mine so it's it's just a privilege to get to know you guys a little bit better thank you we'll see you on stage soon yes I hope to see y'all soon thank you so much for the support and for the love love you guys thank you thank you guys and yes as I mentioned earlier at the beginning we had a very short list when we first started this podcast and you guys were definitely at the top because we knew what was coming so congratulations on everything and continued success thank Thank you you. so much thanks so much that was Maria Sardoya and Josh Conway from the alt pop band The Marias right here on Jack Daniels Presenta Pili, Raul and La Musica thanks for listening guys yes and thank you for supporting and downloading subscribing telling friends family loved ones all about this baby of ours that is Pili, Raul and La Musica and of course to Jack Daniels for supporting from day one as we're getting into our third season of course sure microphones for making us sound excellent yep and make sure to follow us on instagram we do monthly giveaways we also have really cool concerts that we'll be hosting that we'll be giving out tickets for or discounts so make sure to follow pilita la musica on instagram and also we have a new youtube channel where you can listen and watch past episodes of the podcast so make sure to check that out as well subscribe comment like all that good stuff that we love Thanks so much, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye, Billy. Bye, Raul.